Hello, and welcome everyone to Stand By Me's podcast series. Stand By Me is a partnership between the United Way of Delaware and the State of Delaware that offers free one-on-one support to Delawareans who want to understand more about their money, make good financial decisions, and achieve their financial goals. One of the big challenges we are seeing today is how inflation is resulting in higher prices and reduced spending power. So some creative ways of shopping and budgeting are needed. On today's podcast, we're joined by Lori Hertz-Farrell and Laurent Bridell, two coaches from the Stand By Me program, to talk about budgeting for today's economy. Hello, I'm Lori Hertz-Farrell, the Stand By Me coach with the Delaware Early Childhood Center, and I focus on working with children and families. And I've been with this program for going on my eighth year. My specialty is working with individuals, helping them with budgeting and savings. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Laurent Bradell. I'm a financial coach for Stand By Me. I'm also a home coach for Stand By Me. Um, with that being said, I help clients with their financials, uh, improving credit, reducing debt, creating budgets and savings plans. And as a home coach, I help those that are looking forward to looking to purchase a home with, you know, dealing with down payments, uh, lenders, realtors, understanding their documents and things of that nature. So obviously the big topic today is budgeting and how that relates to today's economy. So let's talk about the current economic condition to start. How have things changed over the last few years and what hardships has that introduced to individuals and families in our state? One of the biggest things is housing and the lack of housing, or should I say more affordable housing for those that are renting. And for those that are trying to purchase homes, the cost is astronomical now because of it in the last several years being a seller's market, they've been able to receive the prices that they're looking for or even more. COVID had a big impact in this in terms of individuals losing employment, reducing hours, children being home. So they lost their um, purchase of care, which then now meant they now have to pay if they want their children to be in any kind of a childcare setting, which made things more cost. It cost everything more for individuals. And now the dollars that they're getting for income does not equate to what they are having to pay out in expenses. That's the biggest thing that I'm seeing with the families that I work with. I totally would have to agree with that. Um, We all know that gas had went up and drove the prices and everything up, but gas has since went down and um, now everything else is still high, whether it be groceries or housing and just trying to come to terms with the way that our lives are going now. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I'm seeing across the board is you see everywhere increasing 20, 30%. It could be as simple as uh, Netflix increasing their their price or Amazon increasing their subscription price or something like that. Just the cost of consumer goods, cost of groceries, little bits here and there, but that adds up and that puts a lot of pressure on families. They have to do more to stretch what they have because things are costing more. And if the income hasn't gone up, then you got a problem. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so difficult for most families to figure out ways to combat that. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's not easy. Okay, we say consumer costs have gone up. Well, what does a family do to reduce some of those in terms of their household, their groceries, rent? You know, how do we find affordable rents when the rents are going up like 
20 to 30 percent at a time where mm -hmm. your lease last year was 1100 and now it's going up to 13 you know 13 or 1400 dollars yeah. very difficult for families to afford that or even find something that's affordable i know that as far as like food and groceries go that that's a big deal even with families that are receiving food stamps it's very difficult for them to make the amount that they're getting stretch. So I do a lot of helping individuals instead of just going to the grocery store and buying to spread that dollar amount out over two week time periods and use their flyers, use the flyer and meal plan from there and, and look at, okay, I'm going to make a roast chicken, you know, I'm going to roast a chicken, or I'm going to cook several different chicken pieces. But what do I do with that leftover? I can use that leftover and create a whole nother meal out of it instead of just using it as leftovers. So it becomes creative thinking, not only for us as a coach, but to be able to have that information to share with families and help them understand how they can do that for themselves. I personally just work with people where they are. Um, it really depends. So if I'm dealing with a client and, you know, um, like you said, times has changed as far as finances and the cost of living going up. So if it's uh, helping them find uh, other means of work, um, I do that as well. I do referrals for other um, nonprofit organizations such as HEAT. Um, that could help them with resume building, uh, job looking and things of that nature. Um, and I also just try to work with them again, where they are. Um, if there's things that I could do if I'm dealing with a client and, you know, for instance, they have to pay a bill or either buy groceries or pay a bill, then I would just do a referral to transportation and have food bank drop some food off to them. Um, let them know that there's other options out there that they could um, participate in and just try to find those for them if they weren't aware of them. The same thing when I'm talking with families and you go, okay, I need transportation to get to and from. I need to keep a roof over my head. I need transportation to and from work so I can keep a roof over my head. And I need to pay my utilities. Interesting, what I didn't include there is that last one, food. Because we have the availability to ensure that families can get food and not have to worry per se about that in their budget. Now, is that something to be considered for long term? No, but could that be something that could be considered for them for 90 days, maybe even 120 days to help them manage and get caught up on things and get back on their feet? Absolutely. And those are great, great tactics and great suggestions. Let's take a little bit of a step back. And how many of your customers come into you already thinking about budgeting. Do you find that it's fairly common or are people out there managing their finances in that way? Or or is this often something new in terms of how to manage their finances? And the second part of that is why is it so important to maintain a budget? I would say 80% of my clients don't budget in the terms of real budgeting. 20% understand what a budget is and truly uses a budget. Now, they may struggle here and there, and they're looking at ways to how can they reduce some things to make it more affordable for them with the cost going up. But 80% of them, they know what a, but per se, they know what a budget is. 
but either they choose not to, they don't know how to, or that needs versus wants. That wants overtakes what the needs are for them. And they're looking at, they see where they are, and, you know, in terms of finances, and they realize they need to make some kind of change. What are the key things that a budget can help you with long term in your financial plan? Savings. Planning for the future. Accomplishing goals that you have set. Mm-hmm. That home ownership piece. The, they all, Everybody says, and I'm sure this is something else that others see, other coaches see, is that's one of the biggest things they say. Oh, I want to own my own home. Well, that's really great, but you can't get there without budgeting and savings first. Yeah. If you're not budgeting and savings first, you're not getting to that home ownership piece because you won't be able to make those payments on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. the basics of budgeting are extremely important to be successful and all the other goals that you want to accomplish in your future. So if we have a situation where there's someone who either doesn't have a budget or has a budget and all of a sudden their costs have gone up and their budget doesn't balance anymore, uh, you talked about a couple things, but what are other areas of kind of low-hanging fruit that are some of the first places that you're trying to work with your customers on helping them to trim back on some of the expenses that they have? One of the things I would say is working um, together with friends, your community, any community connection that you have, um, families, and creating an exchange for clothing, whether that's done monthly or bi-monthly, whatever you choose to set up. But even going to, you know, like Plato's Closet and things of that nature, um, Children's Exchange, the cost is still so expensive. So if you're creating a a thing where you say you come in and everybody contributes, say, $5, and you have a paper stack, and you can go off of everybody's table that they have and the sizes are all broken down, and you can fill your paper stack for $5 worth of all kinds of sizes and clothing, what a great opportunity that is. Also, there are other ways that you can DIY things and create new items from what you have. I do some videos for families in that respect, showing some different things that they could do with clothing that they have, that children have either grown out of, or there's a tear or a rip, et cetera, and different ways that they can create new and exciting things that are fashionable for their children and for themselves. And it's kind of interesting that you say some of these things because I think back to in the 40s in a wartime economy and people had to stretch the the things that they had and find ways to reuse and repair things instead of buying new. I've also seen a trend of people uh, realizing that they have valuable things that can be put on Facebook Marketplace or sold uh, in a consignment shop somewhere to make some extra income. That's so true. And I'm seeing that in the generation of higher 20s to 40. They're in a generation that is very tech savvy, and yet they don't necessarily want to spend the money for the item they want. They want to figure out a way to make the item that they're looking for, to reduce that cost and be able to 
build something. I'll give you a perfect example. There was um, a young couple that I was working with, young 30s, and they had seen this light fixture in a store, and it was hundreds of dollars, and they really, really liked it. And then what the husband did is he built it. It cost them like $60 to do it, and they built it, and it looked just as good as the one that was in the picture that they originally had taken from the store. So this is something that I'm starting to see with this generation is figuring that out. Some of the new costs that people are experiencing are small fees that you might not notice originally. Uh, we're hearing a lot about junk fees. Those are little tiny things, you know, service fee here, service fee there, but they add up. Do you see that a lot with your customers and how do you help them track those costs and make sure they're valid, needed and affordable? That's a big thing. A lot of families, for instance, I'll just use like cutting, cutting the cord, getting rid of cable and go to solely streaming. And that's great. That reduces some costs. But then when they look at it and they have all these different streaming apps, do you really need all of them? What's the purpose of all of them? Could you cut it down to just two? And then looking at what the cost is on each of them, and just as you say, fees are being added, you know, a service fee is being added on for this and for that now, even on those items that we signed up for in the past that were cheap and we chose to sign up for them, Netflix being one, you know, and what is the value of each of them? I like to use an a, a app called uh, Rocket Money for my clients. It's a great app. I get them started with that. It's one of the first things I do when getting started with them, um, you know, hooking their credit debit cards up to that so they can track all the expenses. So that said, with all those subscriptions that they do have and might have forgotten about, they can hit one button and cancel them. Um, it also itemizes all of their expenses, dining out, entertainment, puts it in categories for them to see how much they're spending. So from time to time, from week off, from weekend to weekend, they can see how much they're spending eating out, you know, so. Last month, I spent $300 dining out. I need to change that. Um, just being able to see that in real time is great for the clients. And it makes them aware of the choices that they're making. And I just try to, you know, stick, you know, stay around with in that area of um, budgeting with them. And, you know. That's great, Ron, because that goes back to that, that needs versus want. You know, yeah, I want to eat out. And sure, I'm going to go because it says I got X number of dollars in my account. Mm -hmm. But we forget that we still have car insurance coming out. Gas you got to pay for. Yeah. Absolutely. All yeah. those other expenses. And I forgot to mention that, that it is a phenomenal tool when budget teaching someone about budgeting, because you're asking them, how much do you spend in each of these categories? And I love to do projected versus actual. And when they see that, they go, oh, my God. Or doing what we call one less. I love to ask this question and is, what's your vice? And they, people look at me like, what are you talking about? And I go, what's your vice? Is it coffee? Is it having lunch? Is it Red Bull? Mm -hmm. Cigarettes? Yep. Whatever, yep. right. Whatever it is. Okay. How much, how many times in a week do you do it? Okay. How many, you know. How much does it cost? And then you calculate it out. 
And then I calculate it. I typically only calculate it by four weeks, okay? Because most months only have four weeks in it. So times four, and then times that by 12 yeah. for the year. And the looks on people's faces are amazing. They, they, they don't realize that grand cost. And so then we start talking about, you know what? You work really hard. You're entitled to be able to do something for yourself. But can we take one or two days away from that? One of the other things for individuals who smoke, I ask the question, how many cigarettes do you smoke in a day? And whatever number they say to me, I say, have you ever thought about putting that number, just that number, in a Ziploc baggie? Don't bring the pack with you, just that number of cigarettes. And then they're shocked at, they actually don't smoke, they smoke less mm -hmm. because they only have that amount. They yeah. got to stretch it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So one of the interesting things about this conversation and particularly, you know, budgeting can come off like a four letter word for a lot of people. It feels constraining. It feels like you don't have ability to do things you want to do, but there's a flip side to it too, which is that ultimately it's all about choices and the choices you're making in your life and whether you're choosing to put money away or whether you're choosing to not manage it and and spend it on things that aren't necessarily necessities. But then some of the other things we talked about, having the benefit of less stuff, less clutter, and less stuff to manage, and therefore less stress. You know, it really seems to me that a lot of this, what we're, what we're being faced with with the economic condition is forcing us to kind of rethink our lifestyle a little bit, and not necessarily in negative ways, because it can lead to a simpler, less stressful lifestyle and one that you're more in control of your own destiny because you're being very conscious and deliberate about it. Correct. Something that I do with families as well, and it's we look at it very differently because I predominantly work with children and families. I do work with some individuals, but on the whole, mine is children and families. So how does a family get to have some form of entertainment to enter, you know, as far as the children feeling like there's entertainment and be cost effective. So we create using, you can use a can, you know, you've had a can of soup, whatever, clean it out, decorate it, whatever, but use popsicle sticks, the big tongue depressor style. And you write on there different activities that are cost friendly and no cost. Okay. And so you choose the day of the week or every other week, whichever works for the family, and you choose them. So, for instance, you're going to have an ice cream party. Okay. When I go to do my grocery shopping, I can buy ice cream, I can buy sprinkles, I can buy syrup, all of those things I can use whether I have an EBT card or I'm paying for it. But I'm not going to Dairy Queen. I'm not going to McDonald's. I'm not going to Cold Stone. I'm not going to any other location where I have to go out and buy ice cream for everybody. Mm. I can do it right at home. Turn the TV off. Phones are all just, you know, are all turned off. And, you know, you can have the kids make some decorations for the table or hang streamers in the house and make it a big deal. Yeah. Pizza is another one. Pizza in a movie. 
You already have a streaming service. So there's your movie. Same thing. You buy the items for pizza. There's the cost of your dinner anyways. And you make pizza, but you have everybody helping, whether it's chopping vegetables, whether it's putting the cheese on, putting the sauce on, or breaking it down and making each person gets to make their own individual pizza. Popcorn night, you know, not buying the packages of microwave popcorn, buying the bag of popcorn, still putting it in a paper sack, and then put it in the microwave if you want, or put a little oil in a pan and pop it on the stove. That's more cost effective because you're going to get a heck of a lot more popcorn that way than you do in buying traditional microwave popcorn. You could do popcorn and doing a craft. You can do popcorn in a movie. But again, the biggest thing is that disconnect of the phone. Yeah. Disconnecting from that phone. So you're truly focusing in on whatever the activity is that you're creating, that it truly creates memorable moments for you and your children. I think people are finding, and this is so much of what's been the thread of this conversation, people are finding more and more interesting ways to do low-cost, fun activities that are more connecting between people, that foster those relationships. You know, we can look at the current economic condition and rising costs and say that's a negative, but there's a, an element of it which is, you know, forcing us to look at ourselves and think differently about our lives. And in some ways, that's an opportunity to, to connect and, and really improve the, the quality of life in your family. The local library offers all kinds of things for children and adults. I go once a month to my local library. They have a craft once a month they provide all of the supplies for the crafts and they're really neat crafts and it costs it doesn't cost me to take the class it doesn't cost me to get the supplies so these are all really really great this is this is a fantastic conversation and i think very timely i know it's hard to have a crystal ball and see what's going to happen six months or a year down the road with the economy but you know, you're kind of on the pulse with with your customers and so I was just curious if you had anything you were you were seeing as trends. For starters, I do, um, you know, being in uh, a realtor, I do see uh, housing costs is going down, um, the interest rates and things. Uh, and as a financial coach, one of the things I like to, you know, work with my clients is, is trying to get them to use their credit card more to pay for things. That way they can get their points and cash back as well, opposed to just spending cash and not getting anything from that. So being the interest rates is falling, I do try to encourage them to look at different cards and see what rates will work for them and see what type of um, points and cashbacks that they offer and, you know, take advantage of that to uh, try to get some of that money back that they are spending out here. I think it's important to... Focus on the fact that even though economy may change for positive and interest rates may go down and so forth, but to stay with this philosophy of trying to do and create for yourself as much as possible, which opens up the door for you to be able to use more dollars for the future, creating that minimal is style gives you more money to put away for retirement for long-term investments such as housing if you want to purchase a home gives you that opportunity 
gives you an opportunity to put more money into emergency funds or Christmas clubs, vacation clubs, things of that nature when you create, I'm not me saying to be completely a minimalist, but to, as you were stating, that people are cleaning out and creating things to a simpler place of being that they don't forget that just because we're in the position we are in now, keeping that same idea and philosophy will continue to help you in the future. And for us as, a, as financial coaches, we are, we're, we are that cheerleader for them. We're that accountability partner to help them. And I'm really glad that you brought it back to that because there's been so many interesting, insightful examples that have been given on this, but those are a small subset of all of the potential ways that people can help shave down their expenses, put more money away in savings and everything like that. And to bring it all back to Stand By Me, the two of you are two of many, many coaches that are out there that are working one-on-one with individuals. And that's the beauty of this program is that you're, you're partnering with somebody one-on-one who's working with you on your set of circumstances, who's helping you achieve your goals. And so I, I just really wanted to bring that back, uh, both just so that everybody listening to this really understands the wealth of expertise that's here, uh, and that this is a free resource available to everyone in the state of Delaware. The other piece of that was an acknowledgement to the two of you for the great work that you do and for taking the time to be here with us and share some of your expertise. Thank you, Matt. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Definitely a pleasure. Today's podcast has been brought to you by the United Way of Delaware, the state of Delaware, and by our generous partners and donors. For more information, visit www.standbyme.org or facebook.com slash standbymedelaware. If you are in need of emergency food assistance, Delaware 211 is the state's referral hotline. Dial 211 or 1 800 560 3372 or text 898 211 or visit www.delaware211.org.